I'm David Alexander, joined by host Tony Kalinowski. Welcome to the Retirement Insiders, where we'll share key insights today for your retirement journey. Welcome back to another episode of the Retirement Insiders. I'm Tony Kalinowski, and I'm joined by my co-host, David Alexander. David, hello again. Today, we are catching up with Derek Kassebaum. Now, Derek was a guest almost two years ago after he had stepped away from a very successful family business. Today, we're going to learn a little bit more about how that purpose journey is progressing and hopefully in the process, help our listeners get a sense of how to design their own personal second half. Derek has also become a published author in the last two years. We'll explore that a little bit. Derek, welcome back to the show. Ah, thank you. Thank you, David and yeah. Tony. I just really enjoy being back. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So I love that. And so, you know, I recall during our first Retirement uh, Insiders interview, you corrected us uh, with regards to a word, uh, an important word that we use quite a bit on this show. So I want to make sure I don't use it, or at least I'll try not to use as much as possible. Here's what you said in our first interview. People ask me, wow, at 47 years old, this is a couple of years ago, 47 years, years old, you're re retired. I will never retire. But I have been retreaded. And what retreaded means that is this. There's still the balloon of the tire, and you just put a new tread on it that looks a little different and a little new. So I, I, tell, I tell everybody, I'm not retired. I'm just retreaded. Derek, I love this idea when you first shared it and still love it today. Can you give us a, a brief update on life and how you're currently retreading it? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, in March of 2020, I wrote uh, down some goals. I wanted to live purposefully. So what did that mean? What would I do when I got up in the morning? You know, I do my devotion time or I how I wanted to live spiritually. Um, I wrote down with my family how, where and how we wanted to live Uh Serving, you know, I wanted to get involved in the community. Um, traveling, you know, I wanted to travel some. COVID kind of took care of that a little bit. But um, and then connections, I wanted to connect with people. So, um, yeah, I just, I started writing these goals down. And then in June 2020, I did a solitude. And I, a man that kind of mentors me, he's 87 years old now. Um, he said, get away and for three days and just take some time and just ask God what you want to do in your life and what he wants for you. So I got away for three days, um, to decide what do I want to do? And that's when I, uh, started asking God, I, I fasted, I read some books. I read a book called the last arrow by Erwin McManus. Um, and I just prayed and I asked God, what do you want for me? And he just said that this next three years are going to be a time of preparation for you. And so I started preparing, but I didn't know what preparing for what, you know? So um, I just began writing things down that I wanted. And as we'll discuss today, and I think you mentioned it, Tony, we'll, we'll discuss a book that I, mm -hmm. that I wrote mm -hmm. in this time. But um, I began putting into practice those things that I wrote down. And since that time, David, you asked, uh, I began getting involved in some of the nonprofits in St. Louis and trying to connect nonprofits to each other to share resources. Uh, connecting with groups of guys that are looking for purpose in their life. Uh, my wife and I, we've done a little bit of traveling. Uh, 2021, I went to Tanzania for both a business and a ministry venture. Um, and God really changed my life there. And in March of 2021, I started doing some work in Guatemala. We have a non-for-profit that we uh, oversee down there. And so I went down there and started working with some leaders and, and uh, really encouraging them. 
And then my wife and I have been back uh, a couple times. Actually, we just got back uh, from Guatemala in December. But uh, one of the last things we did when I talked about legacy is over the last two years, we did a legacy video. And we spent um, two years doing this with uh, a gentleman that does legacy videos. And mm-hmm. we it was for our company. We, we took about 20 hours of video to get a 90-minute video. And we talked about where we started, where our roots came from, why we started the company. It's myself, three brothers, and my dad. And we wanted the next generation to understand these challenges that we went through and how we made it through them. And then uh, felt it was important to uh, remember those foundations that we laid so that they could carry it on to the next generation. So, so retreading, that's the retreading I've been doing and preparation for whatever God has for me for the next half of my life. So I don't know if that explained kind of what I've been doing in my retread. Oh, I love it. It's it's beautiful. One of the things that's been speaking to me personally, um, a word is reset to restore, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I think that there's a lot of lessons to kind of that quiet time. And so with so much noise happening, um, I, 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 uh, I commend you for taking that time. And, and obviously it's very clear that you've been, you know, goal-oriented and, and focused and to be able to share that with our listeners is, is powerful. Yeah, and I Thank think you. as it relates to, yeah, obviously you're not going to let just the next few years just happen. <laughs> you're you are planning it out. I think a lot of people, when they leave a job or they leave work, they think, well, it's just going to all <laughs> fall into place. You know, right. it's just going to be perfect. I'm going to, and it doesn't work that way. And, and they sometimes fall into a lot of bad habits, mm-hmm. uh, as we've heard from some of our uh, guests on the show. So to plan it, to have some goals, and and then to listen. I, I love that aspect of it because, uh, we, as David said, we, we're in a busy, noisy, noisy world. And if you get caught up in you know, all the rhetoric, it can just paralyze you. And I see a lot of older folks being paralyzed by you know, what is going on in the world around us today. Right. So retreading is a great story. And um, so it sounds like you really don't have any conclusions yet. You're, you're doing some <laughs> things that right. you feel like you're leaning towards or you're test driving some mm-hmm. things, right? Is that, that right? That's right. You, you know, a funny story. So we're empty nesters now as well. Um, you know, I am 51 years old right now. So people would say, wow, you got to retire at 51. And I, like I like told David, I don't retire, I retread. I put a new tread on. Um, but we're empty nesters now. And in August of this past year, we dropped our youngest daughter off at college down to Baylor. But that morning that we were taking her to college, I got up early and I told my wife I was going to go have a coffee and they could meet me at, at the at the, at the the place we we're going to have breakfast. As I was walking to the breakfast, I just kind of was laughing. I said, I said it out loud, looking at the pool of the hotel. I said, God, so what do you want us to do now? You know, we're, we, we don't have any more kids at home. And I went and I grabbed my computer and I sat down with my cup of coffee. And the night before I looked at all my emails except for one. And that email was about fly fishing. And there's a organization called Alter Fly Fishing out of Chicago. And I wanted another tip on fly fishing. I was just wanted to know, okay, what do they have to say? And I just asked God, what do you want me to do now? And when I opened this up, across the heading of this uh, email said, don't rush the season you're in. And it comes from Romans 12, verse 2, and it says, don't conform to the world anymore, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when I read through the email, it actually said this. It said, when you go out fly fishing, 
you show up at the water and you don't just, you put all everything on, you get your fly rod ready, but you don't just jump into the water and start throwing it all, you know, whatever you have on your line into the water. Take your time. Enjoy what's around you. Um, enjoy the water. Enjoy the scenery. Sometimes there's an eagle that flies by. Just enjoy that. And then just look at the water. What's the water doing? What are the flies doing? You know, do you see a hatch going on? Um, what's the fish doing in the water? Is it moving up? Is it moving down? You prepare for what your next step is going to be. And I thought that was really interesting because I'm not, I was thinking, okay, what are we supposed to do now? And God's telling me, don't rush the season I'm in. Mm -hmm. As soon as that email, <laughs> when I was done reading it, another email popped up, the next email. And it was from a marriage course that my wife and I had went to that I wrote about in my book. And it was in 2019. And in that uh, email, a lady was talking about how her daughter moved from California to Texas, thinking that's where she's supposed to live. When she got to Texas, she was miserable. A friend invited her to Nashville. She went up to Nashville, felt that that's where God told her to go. So she moved up there. And this was the story a year later. And the last line was of that was what she learned, which was, don't rush the season you're in. Mm -hmm. I'm not a smart man, but when I get that same wording, like within the 10 over minutes, over. I know what to do. So what, what we did, we didn't rush the season we're in. Yeah. And I started a, probably two months later, I started a book study with 40 other guys. I didn't start it. I just attended it. Uh, Tony, I think you were there as well. It's called Halftime mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. Bob Buford. And in there, he talks about going from success to significance and finding your one thing in life that's important to you. And for me, Tony, you were asking, my one thing is investing in other men. You know, I, I love Jesus and the story Jesus tells and that, but he had 5,000 people that followed him around, thought he was cool. He had 120 that stayed kind of close to him and 12 that he kind of liked hanging around, but he had three guys that he just invested well in. And that's what I want to do is just find the flame that God's put in people, encourage them, and watch them burn. You know, just yeah. watch them burn for God. So yeah, that's great. That's great. I th and I, I, I know I've seen you out and about. Uh, we kind of frequent the same charities and events, and mm -hmm. we're fly fishing together and things of that nature. So I think the whole idea of trying some things and just seeing how they feel, and then also just again sitting back and saying, "What was that all about?" You know, did I enjoy that or didn't I enjoy it? What did I enjoy about it? And eventually we kind of, the doors close around us and the run, the one or two doors open and we, we get engaged there. So great, great thoughts there. Um, wanted to have you back also because of the fact that you did spend some time writing a book. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you probably started the book before we interviewed you the first time, right? I mean, that was two, that was March of 2021. Had you started the book by then? Yeah, I think I had yeah, I put think some plans. You had the in thoughts that. of it in, right. in your brain. Um, and the book is called Live and Let Go, Releasing Your Hold to Pursue God's Purpose. Um, it's available on Amazon, 1468, very, very low priced. Mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed the book. Um, it chronicles some of the life lessons you've gained over the years. We're going to talk a little bit about some of those. But, you know, it seemed to me that writing a book seems like such a monumental task. And can you talk about that a little bit, how it, how the genesis of that started, why you wanted to write it, and the process that you went through to, to get it done? Yeah, I'd love to. You know, I, probably for the last 20, 25 years, I've had ideas of books in my head. You know, I guess we all go through life and you think, oh, I wonder if I could write a book. And you start putting some ideas to some chapters and stuff like that. Um, 
But over probably the past 10 years, I just felt that I really wanted to write something that would inspire other people. And uh, in 2011, I had a stroke in March of 2011. I remember you talking to us about that, yeah. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. in 2012, I had another one. Mm. And during those times, I mean, I was only 40 years old. You know, who has strokes at 40 years old? And uh, But I feel that God used that time to show me that I could continue to do things my way or I could let go of my desires and allow him to use the gifting that he's placed inside of me. And that just started the next journey of my life, I believe, because over the next probably eight years, there were things in my life that either I had to let go or I felt that God just kind of like taken them out of my life. Um, And during my three-day solitude that I told you guys about, um, one of the things that I felt impressing for me to do that God was having me do is write a book. And I just felt him say, it's time to write your book. Take take a couple of years that are part of your preparation and write your book. And so in early July 2020, I wrote down that it's something I wanted to do over the next 90 days was figure out how do you write a book, begin the process of that. So tell us a little bit about that. How does that work? Yeah. Um, I guess the first thing I had to do was be intentional about it. You know, uh, there's an old saying, fish or cut bait. <laughs> You know, and that basically means, uh, you know, do something or stop talking about it. Funny enough, actually, one of those stories are in my book. And my wife, and just one of that story, you, you guys can read it when you buy the book for 1468 on Amazon. Just another plug. Um, <laughs> but uh, my wife, I told for years that I was going to quit work. And, you know, just turn it over to the next generation or find another leader to take over. And our marriage wasn't doing too well. And she got frustrated one day. We're in our kitchen and she just looks at me and she goes, either do it or shut up, but I don't want to hear about it anymore. And that's kind of how I felt about the book is either I'm going to do it or I'm going to shut up and stop talking about it. So I reached out to a friend who I knew had written quite a few books and I asked him what he did. And he put me in touch with another lady, an uh, editor that helps people write uh, inspirational books. Her name is Nancy Erickson. And um, I guess we spent the next five months, around August of 2020, we spent the ni- next five months putting together what's called a book map. And she would uh, just every two weeks give me a new concept that I needed to run with. I told her the idea of the book. Then she get, she said, okay, what's a reason that people don't want to live go, you know, let go of something. So I would write down that and then we'd, she'd say, okay, what's the story you'll put with it? And what's the, you know, what's reference or, you know, what conclusion are you going to have? So I had this map together for each chapter over those next five months. Um, After I put that book map together, I think uh, she told me to start writing each chapter. And as I'd write a chapter, she'd edit it. And then after she edited it, I'd write the next chapter and so on. That's kind of how we got to the process of the book. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it and I, if I recall, it's 10 chapters, 218 pages, roughly. Uh-huh. Chapters are really neat because they're pretty compact, yeah. easy to read. I found the book very entertaining and easy to read uh, as well. So, Yeah, and I'm curious too, you know, uh, you had this moment where you felt like you know, it was time for you to write the book. I'm curious about how that impacted you personally. Uh you know, what were some of the benefits you experienced as you f- reflect on your work? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, 
I think the first thing it did is it gave me it gave me confidence to reach out and try those things I never thought I'd be able to do. When I graduated high school, I graduated with a 2.3 GPA. That that meant to me I wasn't very good in English. You know, I was not a writer. I, I wasn't good at any of that. Um, and I always felt, could I actually do this? I type with two to three fingers. Um, so, you know, even talking with Nancy, I'm like, how do I do this? And I wanted someone else to write the book. And she said, it's your story. No one else can write your story. You have to write your story. So uh, I didn't let my past determine my future. And I, so I think the first thing it did is it gave me confidence that it didn't matter where my past was, even though I was a 2.3 and I typed with three fingers, I could still do something I never thought I could do. Um, I think the second thing it did is it opened a door for me to leave my story with someone and know that something that I went through was going to benefit them. Uh, I've had multiple people contact me that have bought the book and I didn't even know. And they said, I bought this book or it was given to me and I'd love to have a coffee with you and just talk through um, some of the stories that you have and how they affected me and just get some more advice. So for me, it, it, it opened a door to new relationships. And I think the last thing it did is it made life fun. Um, I realized that when you write a book, it opens a door to meeting fun people and opening fun conversations. And the last story I'll tell you on that is my wife and I were at a, uh, a winery last year and the waiter was serving us and we're, we're, it was beautiful. It was a nice day, but not too many people were out there. And as he came by and he left our bill, I asked him, I said, do you like reading books? And he's probably 25, 26 years old. I figured, he, you know, he knew how to read a book. And uh, he said, yeah, I, I'll read one every once in a while. And I said, well, I wrote a book. You want to read mine? And he goes, sure, if you wrote a book. So I said, I'll be right back. So I ran out to my car, got my book, brought it back in, gave it to him. And he was excited and walked away. My wife was laughing. And I said, why are you laughing? She said, because when you went away, he wanted to know, are you famous? Is he rich? Is he well-known? You know? <laughs> And so for me, it's kind of like, oh, it's kind of fun to write a book because people think differently about you. You know, they just think you're somebody when you actually write a book. That's pretty cool. That is really neat. And I know you've told me a couple other stories about people you've bumped into as well. Uh, you know, I just wonder if it kind of also in writing the book, does it kind of, what kind of um, psychological release comes from doing that? Did you feel any of that in terms of things that have been in your past that you know, I don't want to talk about or in releasing that, does that create any kind of a positive effect for you? Did that create any positive effect? It did. As you know, I, I have a hard time recalling stories and I felt writing a book. I thought, how am I going to come up with a story? I, I don't know. I just have a hard time recalling stories. But as I wrote the book, my memory came back and I started remembering things that I had forgotten, um, things that were positive in my life, things that were hard in my life. And for me, it helped me settle some of the things in my past that needed to be settled. On the other hand, I learned how to take responsibility for some of the things that I had done in my past that needed to change with, at the same time, um, honoring those that maybe I had done something to that you know I needed to go correct. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and I liked the parts in there where you talked about letting things go. Like I just kind of leafed to the part about leaving your your family left your home, right? Yeah. Uh, and Rosie and Rusty were left behind. Is that yeah, true? That's yeah. Right. Okay. So talk. Just no spoiler alert. Don't give them all right. the details. But 
the letting go started early in your life. It wasn't just when you left your job, right? No, it's fu- and that's really funny you said that because I forgot about that. I put that story in the book. Um, but Rosie and Rusty were two horses we had. Uh, they're Appaloosa horses when I was growing up, and we had free reign of wherever we wanted to ride them. And my parents decided to that it was time to sell our house. It was our family home. It was where I was born. And that was a hard day for me. I rode those horses all day long while my family p- packed up. My brother and I um, just spent the day on the horses, and it was literally 7 o'clock at night. And my dad came out to the field and just said, it's time to go. And that was a hard time of letting go. But it taught me lessons because where we moved to gave me so more opportunities than where we used to live and more friends. And, you know, I was only 12 years old at the time, but it it started showing me that you if you let go of something well, something better is on the other side. Yeah. I mean, it, the whole retreading story that you talk about means that you do have to eventually let go of something, right? Mm -hmm. To reach out. Another point you brought out in the book that I thought was excellent is that, you know, while a bunch of other people might be doing something, that doesn't mean it's exactly what you have to do. You have to choose your own path and find what's unique for you and not worry about what everybody else is doing. That's right. And the only way you can do that is to let go of some of the things that are precious. And I mean, let's face it, it's human nature. We have a tendency to want to stay where we are and not move out of our comfort zone. But to, when we move out of that comfort zone, you found that there's some pretty exciting things out there. It's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I've been, uh, been able to do, I don't do speaking tours on the book, but I've been able to do some public speaking lately. And I'm not a public speaker and that's just stretching myself to let go of my uh, insecurities and even step into something like that. So yeah, letting go just kind of, it, it just kind of bundles into one thing after another. Yeah. Fantastic. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when I come back, we'll dive a little deeper on the book and what you hope to achieve with the book as well. Retirement is the capstone of a successful life. It's a time to pursue your dearest passions, and our show is about helping you do that. Financial health is a crucial building block. For 30 years, RBF Wealth Advisors has helped families implement their retirement plan. If this show resonates with you, I'd love to have a conversation to see how we can partner with your family and your vision for retirement. Okay, we're back. Um, Derek, you talked a little bit about you knew the purpose for the book is to tell your story to help people. And you've you've mentioned um, that you've had a couple circumstances where you've had been able to touch people. Is there one that sticks in your mind other than what you've mentioned already? Or is there any particular um, kind of interaction you've had with somebody that you felt like, wow, if I hadn't written this book... I wouldn't have ever had a chance to to meet or talk to this person or have an impact on them. Yeah, it's really interesting you asked that. Uh, just so I think it was about three months ago, a man contacted me and I I did not know that I knew him years ago, but he said that he got hit my book and he did not even know where he got it from. He It was either from a friend or maybe my brother or something like that because he didn't buy it. But he contacted me and told me he read it, read the book and he was dealing with some fears in his life. And he was, as he was reading the book, it just, it gave him security for things that he was walking through on his end. And he could, he didn't understand why these fears were hitting him. So I actually had an opportunity to have lunch with him and we just talked about life and just to protect his story and stuff like that and not tell too much. Um, the book allowed me to gain a friend 
as well as just know that I'm helping someone walk through difficult times in their life. They need to let go of things that were really not concerns, but he felt that they were concerns. And uh, yeah, so, you know, that's just one one small example of how it's, it's starting to impact people around the world. That's great to hear. And wh- what I'm hearing too is that, you know, you didn't start out writing the book just to let everybody know what your story was. Mm-hmm. You started out writing the book with a different intent yeah. of, of reaching out to other people. And there were some things in the book that, you know, were easy stories to tell, mm-hmm. you know, leaving Rusty and Rosie and moving from your, your your family home after when the girls were grown and all that kind of stuff. But there were some things in there that you included that were kind of more challenging stories. How did you figure out what to include and exclude? Yeah, I've, uh, over the last six to eight years, I've had a lot of pain of letting go. And like I said earlier, it's either those things that I knew I needed to let go of or that God said, you got to let go of this if you're going to step into something else. And um, whether it was like you said, the company, you know, being the VP of sales or the house or um, I had two dear family members killed in motorcycle accidents. And, uh, you know, even learning to let go of the control of my wife, but God led me through each of these. And uh, I could never have done um, what I did without putting it all into the book and pulling all those stories together at one time. Um, but God had shown me over this period of time that I can't be in control of everything. I have to let him control uh, these things and then he'll get the glory. So it's funny, even this last July is when I published my book and it finally came out in July of 2022. 2022. And then as we all know, 2022 wasn't the best year financially for our company. It was actually one of the hardest years financially Wow! and that we've had in the last 20 years. And I could have stepped back in and try to grab control as an owner of the company, but I had to trust those that we had put in place. And again, I had to let go and trust that they were making the best decisions for the company. Yeah, so there's always that chance that, you know, you let go and something doesn't go exactly as you planned, right? Because no. you guys, I know, spent a lot of time choosing who was going to be the successor and, you know, and let, and putting your management team in place. But sometimes circumstances just don't allow it. So so it, it almost sounds like it's a it's a bit of way of, of your book was a way to kind of chronicle the successful things that had happened after you had let go That's of right. things in your life. So I guess when people write a book, um, even if they don't intend to, sell it, but just the whole fact of writing it down and trying to create this history might give them some clarity into where their life is in their, you know, second half. That's right. Yeah. You know, uh, years ago, I actually asked my dad to write a book. My dad was a missionary, him and my mom for years. And I said, you have a lot of great stories, but unless they're carried on to the next generation or maybe they'll inspire someone else. And I think that's the importance of writing the book is we all have a lot of great stories that need to be put down in print. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. You know, as we're coming up to a close, you know, what advice would you give to someone? Um, I've kind of got a two parter on this one. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, you know, for somebody that's struggling to let go, they're struggling in retirement or perhaps another thing that I've been thinking about recently, a lot of people have been laid off. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, can you share, you know, any, any, uh, and again, this is part one, uh, but just any advice and wisdom to somebody that's really struggling to let go in this season? Yeah, it's uh, any wisdom and advice. Man, the hardest thing for me when we sold our house, and this is in the book and you can read it, um, was 
that it was the right thing to do. And even though if you've been laid off or you've been in a setback, know that that's the right thing for you in this season of your life. It doesn't seem right. Maybe you were feel like you've been treated wrong. Maybe you were doing a great job for the company you were with, but now you've been let go. You can't control that. You can't control what has been happened to you. The only thing you can control is you. There's a, there's a gentleman, his name's Danny Silk. He wrote a book. And in that book, he says, on the best day, I can only control myself. I can't control those around me. So what I would suggest is, okay, so you're here now. What are you going to do with it? You can either hold on to the grudge and you know the pain that's inside of you, or you can be willing to let that go and step into this new season in your life. So that'd be number one. That's awesome. And then second part, what advice would you give to someone that wants to you know, write a book as they look at retreading? Sure. You know, uh, Job 12.12 says that is not wisdom found among the aged. And You're not old. No, <laughs> no. I have another 50 to go. Um, but I used to think there's enough, like I said earlier, there's enough self-help books out there. You know, why, why mine? Why do I need to write a book? And I'm sure many of the people in this audience are saying, okay, I've, I've read everybody else's story. Why do I need to put mine out there? Because everyone has a story to tell. And I love the line in Gladiator, uh, Russell Crowe says it, and he says, what you do now echoes in eternity. And if you want to leave a good legacy for those around you, for your children, for whoever, whoever you care about most, why not write your story down? Why not leave a good inheritance for that next generation or someone else that will pick up your story? Um, I'd suggest them to be bold, take a risk and just see what God does with it. That's a great uh, comment. And I have to uh, just recall something that my wife, Terry, her dad wrote a book. He was in the insurance industry. And um, when I was a young man and just starting to invest, um, the man who was helping me with my insurance and things of that nature had mentioned to me, he was asking me about my wife. And when I gave him her maiden name, he named her father and said, he wrote this book. He goes, and that changed the way I conducted my business going forward. So your point is well taken. I mean, this man changed his whole philosophy of how he went about doing his business based upon a book. So hopefully that will happen to you as well. Yeah. Somewhere down the road, someone will say, hey, I read that book and it really changed the way. Um, And I got to imagine your daughters are proud of you for being an author. What kind of feedback have they given you? Yeah, I hope they've read the book. (laughs) (laughs) Is it on audio? (laughs) Yeah, it is actually. Uh, No, they they have enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I've had quite a few of my family members. I gave a free book to my, I have 27 nieces and nephews. So I gave it out at a family reunion. I got a lot of positive feedback on it. That's great. Well, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for coming back. You're our first second timer. Wow. Is that right, David? First, second timer, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Wow, so, yeah, excellent. Maybe excellent. two more years, we'll visit with you again. Maybe I'll write another book. <laughs> there you go. Thank you excellent. so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Retirement Insider. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. You can find the link to Derek Kassebaum's book for purchase in the show description. To learn more about Tony and services offered through RBF Wealth Advisors, visit theretirementinsiders.com, where you'll also be able to listen to past episodes. Please note, 
Securities offered through Triad Advisors, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through RBF Wealth Advisors. Triad and RBF Wealth Advisors are not affiliated companies.